BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Feel it? We are getting ready for the NFL draft. Oh, by the way, NBA playoffs, wake me up in June. Wake me up in June. Eh, you know what? Let me back up on that and say that I'll be watching Joel Embiid. Did Joel Embiid have the best season in the NBA? Is that the criteria for MVP? Tell you this, it ain't about Embiid. It's about fat guy, James Harden, another postseason stiff. I don't believe he's going to change the narrative in his career either. I just don't. <laughs> James Harden's playing horrible basketball. He's actually, I thought, maybe even hurt the case for Embiid to win the MVP. Embiid wins the scoring title, first five to win the scoring title since O'Neal. By the way, you want to hear something crazy? Now, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I misheard it. Is Joel Embiid the first foreigner to win the NBA scoring title? I thought Dirk had won it. I thought Dirk won it. But I think Embiid's the first foreign player to win the NBA scoring title. Dude. Hey, let me, let, let, let's have a fun topic here for a second. By the way, hit the like button. We got so much stuff. Gary Cowbell join us from Fox 29 at the bottom of the hour like he always does each and every single Monday. By the way, Philly.50 will join us tomorrow. My boy Xander, and he set us up, man. Like, like, like this was an arranged marriage or something, man. So we'll figure it out what time he's going to come on with us tomorrow. But we're going to have him on tomorrow. Man, we want to make as much fun as possible as we get closer to the NFL draft. Who is the most popular athlete right now in Philly? Bryce Harper? By the way, is it Mets and Phillies? Is that what I got? Mets and Phillies coming up here? Is that what it is? Joel Embiid? Jalen Hurts? Jason Kelsey? 
Who is right now the most popular sports athlete in Philadelphia? I think you can add things into it, too. Who do the fans revere the most? Who do the fans admire the most? Who brings, get this, who brings a new age? Let me just tell you, man, Bryce Harper, dude, he's got to bring the 1834 crowd to the room. Hang on, guys. Howie Roseman, thanks. Dan Cilio, hey. Oh, no. Hey, Duck. Oh, no. Watch this. Guys, because of you, okay? Big Sills is coming for you, Philly. Big Sills is coming for you. Philly, Boston, Chicago, all based right in there. Big Sills is coming for you, Angelo. I already told him that. Devontae Smith. Huh. D-Train says Embiid is Philly sports at the moment. Really? Joel is the most popular and best player in the city, according to Anthony. NZ says, according to PFF, the Seattle Seahawks have the 25th ranked O-line in 2021 and now have Drew Locke at quarterback. I'll give you Dillard and Minshew for the ninth overall pick in the 2022 draft. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Dillard and Minshew, they need a quarterback, dude. They're drafting a quarterback at nine. NZ Philly, Seahawks are drafting a quarterback. They're not going into the season without another quarterback behind Drew Locke. Sorry. 215 says Bryce Harper. Devontae Smith. Honey Badger's agent. Oh, wishful thinking, but I like where you're thinking. Sydney says, good morning. 6 a.m. morning dose of Cilio passion. That's all it is, brother. Best asset I have, and at times the worst asset I have. Dillard just himself has to be worth a one. You guys really think that? You think that Dillard's worth a one? I I asked Barrett Brooks that earlier today on the middle. He said, Sills, if you put him on the open market, Dillard could get a one from some teams that are in desperate need of an offensive lineman. I don't, yeah, but I don't think you could give Dillard to a team in the first 15 picks and you're going to get a one. Maybe bottom 15, 32 up, right? Could you see him doing that? Barrett believes that. He thinks that, hey, Minshew and Dillard are going to be trading assets for Howie Roseman as they get closer to the draft. See, Vasselli, I'm with, I, man, I, I can see a two, but a second, man, I don't know, man. Maxie might be the, mo- below, the most beloved. Hype train fell off for Harden, didn't it, really? Hey, and I'll tell you something, too. Here's another example. Guys, here is another example of Philadelphia sports fan knowing their shit. You ready? Dude, there was a lot of buildup for James Harden coming to Philadelphia, right? When everybody started going down to Wells Fargo and even Barrett and, hey, even my boy Xander was going like this. Still, this big deal, him showing up his first night. Remember everybody was talking, would he get a double-double? Would he go for 25 and 10? You know, his first – Everyone was saying it's a bit all of a sudden, man. 
You know what turned the corner? When they got blasted by the Nets. When the Sixers got blasted by the Nets, didn't everybody at Wells Fargo go like this? Hey, man, this dude's got to be better. This dude's got to be better. That's not going to beat Milwaukee. Shit, that may not beat Miami. Hey, don't go to sleep on Toronto. And I surely wouldn't want to play the Nets in the second round. Right? You you get Kyrie going, and now Kyrie's full-time Kyrie. They'll blow you off the floor. Brian says high second for Dillard. Dillard may be a let a late one or two. Dude, that's a so he's a backup, and the Eagles could get a one or two for him. Dude, that's depth. That's clearly spectacular. Clearly spectacular. By the way, I've got something here. You know, Big Sills does his homework all the time. Okay. You know, Big Sills has done his homework. So what I've done is I've written down guys with the respected picks, 15, 18, 51, 83, and 101. I'm going to give you some guys who I would take at those respected picks because we all know best available guy once you get past the first round. Some of these other guys may be in that area depending on who picks ahead of you and their needs, right? That's how you got to look at an NFL draft. We're going to get to that here in a minute. So who you would say Embiid is the number one sports figure right now over Bryce Harper? Isn't that something? Philadelphia is going to have two most valuable players in two sports right now that I wonder how you're supporting compared to the Eagles. You got an MVP in Major League Baseball in the National League in Bryce Harper. You're going to have the NBA's most valuable player Well, one thing we can give him is the scoring title. Look at Philly sports. Your your football team made the postseason. It's going to be a star on draft night when it starts on April 27th. Your flyers suck. Okay, that's all good. But you got some things going on here. There's a possibility. When's the last time that happened where Philly had two MVPs? from two different sports in their city. All in like the same kind of calendar year, in a way, calendar seasons. That's pretty impressive. You imagine if you get Jalen in a conversation for MVP in the NFL. I know it's wishful thinking, but why not? Right? Why not? Put the guy in the conversation. How about the Eagles making the postseason? How about the Sixers making the postseason? How about if the Phillies make the postseason? I'd rather have team success than player success. You know, especially in football. 1980? Let's see. 1980? Was that Dr. J and uh, Schmidt? Art, is that Dr. J and Schmidt? Okay. Moses Malone and John Denny. John Denny, man, that's great knowledge. John Denny was a Cardinal, too. Was he a Cardinal before he became a Philly? Or he's a Cardinal after? Oh, 80, all four teams made the postseason. Teams want Rager. Michael, come on. Yeah, teams, you know who wants them? 
the Philadelphia Stars, and the Birmingham Stallions. Would like to know the availability of Jalen Rager. <laughs> yeah, have it. Mike Schmidt, I think in 80, and I don't know, in 1980, man, the MVP and the NBA. Oh, it wasn't Dr. It was it wasn't Dr. J. The two teams that made the finals that year were the Sixers and the Lakers. I don't know if that was Kareem's last year. Um, I don't know if I don't I don't remember. But the two teams that made the finals that year were Lakers, and that's when Magic Johnson went to the Spectrum and had that incredible game six against the Sixers. That team was great, man. Sixers in the finals, World Series, Flyers, Stanley Cup finals. Art, was that Hextall's year? When they were in the finals? Was Hextall in net? Is that the year he won the MVP, the Conn Smythe? When um, they had it in a losing effort? I think they got beat by Edmonton. Hey, man, I'd love to see Tyron Matthew become a Philadelphia Eagle. Would you trade? Rager for Nikhil Harry, straight up. Man, why would I want another bad wide receiver? 87 was Hextall. Thank you. 87 was Hextall. That's right. 87 was Hextall. He won the Conn Smythe. I believe he's the only guy to win the Conn Smythe in a losing effort. Okay, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think that's, that's correct, that he is the only man He's like Jerry West. I think Jerry West is the only man to win the NBA Finals Most Valuable Player in a losing effort. And I think there's one guy, there's a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys that was a Super Bowl MVP. It's the year the Colts beat the Cowboys on a field goal by Jim O'Brien. I don't know why. And dudes, I have no idea how I know that. And I, I, I forget it was a linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys that won that thing. And he was number 54, by the way, before Randy White showed up. Yeah, I mean, they lost. That's right, 80. They lost to the Islanders. That was the Islanders' last championship. Way to go, guys. Mandel's Islander and Flyer rivalries back in the day, man, when I was in high school were just spectacular. Holy shit, man. Those games were so good and physical and dominant. And ass-kicking. Chuck Cowley, thank you, Art. That's exactly who it is. Very good, man. Ninth, hey, William. Nick, hey, Nystrom. Watch this. William. Nystrom, Bossy, Trottier, Billy Smith. They're the guy that played on the 1980 U.S. men's hockey team was a defender on that Islander team that won all those cups. Got to... It just Mike Bossy was a scoring machine. Trottier was, you know, you know what the Islanders had like Bossy and Trottier. It was like Messier and Gretzky. And then those two teams would battle it out for the next couple of years. Just tremendous hockey, man. Dude, Matt, Matt, that Islander team had all those hall of famers on it. Then they would get beat by Paul Coffey, Essatikadin, Grant Fuhrer, Mark Messier, um, Wayne Gretzky, all those players that were on that on that Edmonton Oilers team that Glenn Sather put together. 
And and get this, and there were the Flyers all wedged in there, man, just with their heart and grit. They changed the rules so that the Flyers wouldn't win Stanley Cups because of the way they beat the shit out of teams back in the mid-70s, man. They didn't want to see that any longer. They hated it. All right, let's move on. Hey, now that you understand that Big Sills love sports, I know more about all your favorite sports teams than you think. I used to be friends. I'm probably still friends. I haven't had Bobby Clark on in a long time. Bobby used to come on my show when I was on in Tampa all the time. He knew all the Flyer fans that were down in uh, the Tampa, Sarasota area. And he'd come on and he would just start talking shit. And I and this was in the time of Lind- Ken Morrow. Thank you, William. That's the man who was on the 1980 U.S. hockey team that upset the Russians. That's right. Ken Morrow won that goal. Can you imagine? You got a Stanley Cup ring and you were on that 80 men's hockey team. The greatest American sports team of all time. How'd you like to be on that team? Right? What Aruzioni and all them did? Uh, man, just tremendous, man. Just tremendous. All right. Yeah, he used to come on all the time, man. And I used to – I actually like – okay? I Hey, Brian, you know what? People say I know everyone. You know what? I guess it's just because I've been doing it so long that I've run into everyone. And I like people – I was – hey, Brian, you want to hear something even freaking crazy great? I post this picture of me and Bobby Orr all the time. So I'm, I think this is 2000, correct me if I'm wrong. Two, how would you like to do this? I was 2012. I got invited to the Eastern Conference Finals. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Bruins. I think this is the year the Bruins won the cup. And in there, okay, I'm trying to think who invited me. Oh, yeah, Jim Craig invited me. I'm friends with Jim Craig, the goaltender on that 1980 men's hockey team. I know. Listen to this. So Jim Craig calls me. He goes, Sills, I got a ticket. You want to come? I go, I got a press pass. I can just get me into, into the suite. I walk in. There's Dave Anderchuk with 600 goals. Ready? Watch this. There's 600 goals. In comes my boy Esposito. 700 goals. Then there's Jim Craig, who was on that 80 team. Then I got Bobby Orr sitting there. I'm like this. I'm like this. Look. Mr. Orr, how you doing? Dan Cilio. Hey, why don't you sit down and watch it? I'm like, excuse me? He goes, why don't you watch it? I think the Bruins won. I think the Bruins won one nothing. And it was like a game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> hey, I'm sitting there. I got Jim Craig and Bobby Orr next to me. I take a picture. I've posted it on my Twitter page numerous times of me and uh, Bobby Orr. And I was like this. And Jim Craig goes, what do you make of this? I go, oh, there's only, you'll, never, you'll never be in a room like this as long as you live. And guess who topped it off? Steve Eiserman walked in, 690-some-odd goals. I'm sitting here, and I'm going like this. Holy shit. Got eyes from men in the room. <laughs> like, man, I've been so fortunate. You'll never see a player like Bobby Orr in your life. You're never going to see the top defenseman win the Art Ross, then win the Conn Smythe, 
then win the Hart Trophy, then the Nars Trophy, all in the same year. And he did it three times. <laughs> you're never gonna, you're never gonna see that. But I used to get on Bobby Clark's nerves because I used to do this, guys. Man, I love Lindros. Yeah, well, Eric's got a lot to learn about being a captain and eat it on. He's got a lot to learn, and hey, we got a lot to learn. And I go, yeah, but man, he's a tremendous scorer. Yeah, but th there's more to scoring. You understand? I could tell you don't know shit about it. like that kind of talk. Yeah, and, man, and he was the general manager of the Flyers at the time. And I just would go, yeah, but Lindros, man, he's bringing young fans to the sport. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, that's all good and all. And I'm like this, man. Okay, Sydney, he's like, oh, yeah, I was. And, man, I'll never forget. Dude, I got some pucks back here. Yeah, I got some I got some of my pucks back here. Um Yeah, I got some of my pucks back here. I don't know where I put them. But I got some really great hockey pucks back here, man. Oh, here they are. Here. By the way, Xander loves this. You guys love this? I done. I done. Okay. This right here is signed by Vincent LeCavier. And this one here is signed by Dave Anderchuk. Yeah, Dave Anderchuk when they won the Stanley Cup back in the day. 2003. Yeah. Used to go to hockey games all the time. All right. Enough of my BS now. Let's move on here. Guys, upcoming draft. I threw some of these names out on the middle here, and I want to add to it, okay? Do you think, first and foremost, do you think Howie Roseman will use the first two draft choices in the first round to take a defensive player? You know, talking to you guys, Listening to you guys, I don't believe it, but I threw Jordan Davis and Devin Lloyd, 15 and 18. This was earlier. I'm going to add to it. I threw Sky Moore from Western Michigan with the second round pick, the 51st pick overall. I put that Nick Cross kid on him. I've been watching film on him. Safety, third round, Maryland. I think it'd be a nice addition to the team. I know this is going to be a weird one for you. How about Kobe Bryant? Cornerback. Cincinnati with the 101st pick. If you watch Kobe Bryant, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good player. He's a pretty good player, man. I mean, the other guy is being revered as a top dude. And Xander just said that Sky Moore is a really nice player. And you know what? He's in a passing system, too. Pretty big kid. And I think you're going to get an opportunity to get quite a few kids that are wide receivers in rounds two and three. And get this. I think it's just by committee that some of these kids, you could throw their names in a hat, and they could come out first-rounders. This guy, Sky Moore, could easily go in the bottom half of the first round. 
And if you're able to get him in the second round, you're basically getting a first. You're the wide receiver position in this upcoming NFL draft, okay, is very deep. It's one of the deepest that we've seen in years with kids that are going to play. Remember something about getting drafted in the first round. You're a lot of luck, man. Great interview, great combine, great tape, great pro day, all of that shit. But how many times have we seen guys like this not at the greatest combine? There's a game that you look at and you go, damn, kid got pushed around a little bit. He stuffed him at the line of scrimmage, didn't let him in the end zone, was great on man coverage against him. All of a sudden, the guy just starts falling. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went the 25th pick in the draft. They took Alex Smith number one overall. That shows you when you're evaluating talent sometimes. You get it wrong. Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. Even though Alex Smith had a pretty nice career, he ain't Aaron Rodgers. Okay? If Kyle Hamilton is down there at 18, I would take him. 15 or 18, I would take him. Christian Watson, 51st pick. If he's around that number, then again, some of you are going to probably say, nobody from North Dakota State ever again, Sills. Not happening. I know. And I plus, I've been making this point a little bit on the, um, on the middle. Watch this, right? Dude, who are you playing against? So there's something right there where me and I'm going like this. I don't know. How about Josh Thompson, cornerback, Texas, 101. If he's around there, I've been watching some YouTube on some of these kids. Some of these guys are pretty good ball players, man. Trent McDuffie at 15. Would you grab him? Corner on the other side of Slay? They need corner. How about David Bell? Around the 51st pick, Purdue. Pretty good-looking ball player. What if Drake London's there at 15? Do you grab him? Is a kid's name Kirby Jones from Illinois safety? If he's around 51, do you grab him? They're going to have choices. They're going to have choices. Tell you what, man, I've been, I've been getting an education a little bit on how Howie Roseman sets up his drafts. And let's bring in my friend Gary Cobb from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. And, you know, you know, you know, Gary, we've been going over some of the positions and we've been talking about some of the needs on the football team. Mm-hmm. let's take it out of the quarterback position here for a second and take that conversation and shelf it a little bit here. Okay. What is the number one position you're, you're thinking that this team desperately needs right out of the gate where they have to land and hit on outside pass rusher edge edge, edge rusher. That's what they need. I mean, you look at what they they've had. I mean, um, you know, Brandon Graham, he's near the end. Derek Barnett, you're bringing him back, but clearly he hasn't been the answer. And you look at the good teams in the league, you know, I mean, uh, you know, some people have great pass rushers inside, but 
they're not as as frequent. You don't see that as, as frequently as you do the outside pass rusher. I mean, good teams have outside pass rushers. It's that simple. You you don't have outside pass rusher. And, you know, Josh Sweat has come on a bit, but you, know, you can't say he's a, you know, a marquee pass rusher. But you got to have somebody in the double digits. Come on. Somebody's got to be in the double digits. As much as teams throw the ball, you got to have somebody get into the passer. And if you don't, clearly that puts you in a bind. I mean, because a pass rusher makes your defensive backfield better immediately. At least somebody they're worried about. And you really don't see that on the Eagles. You don't have that marquee pass rusher. Uh, even Brandon. Brandon, is uh, his strength has been his ability to play both the run and the pass. He hasn't been putting up double digits. Uh, but he has, he's been a good pass rusher. But you haven't, you haven't had guys in the double digits. Come on. You know, 10, 10 sacks? You know, that's, that's where when you start talking about you got legitimate pass rushers. There are other teams that got two guys in double digits. So that's the thing. You don't have that outside pass rusher. And that's where, you know, quarterbacks can get comfortable. Mentally, they feel comfortable when you don't have the marquee pass rusher. If you got a pass rusher on one side, believe me, that quarterback knows where that guy's lining up every play. And if he doesn't see him, he, he, he's in his mind, he's feeling pressure. He's feel, even if the guy's not getting to him because they have that respect. They know the guy's got the numbers. Eagles, they haven't had that. They know how important it is. So they're looking for they're looking for that guy. How about Hassan Reddick and his addition to the team? And and Gary, to your point, with the addition of Hassan Reddick, if you're looking for double digit sacks, isn't it imperative that they really try to make a push at Honey Badger and Tyron Matthew? Because everyone knows as good as your pass rush is, how many coverage sacks that you get when you have good people in the secondary. There's obviously going to be a need at free or strong safety and maybe another corner in the upcoming draft. Yeah. What kind of impact would Honey Badger have on a defense if they were able to land him? Well, you know, the big thing about Honey Badger is he's the guy that makes a big play. Honey Badger is the turnover guy. He, you know, and that wins games for you. He's a tone setter. Come on. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And he's, he's, he makes big plays. He, he's going to cause uh, turnovers. And he's going to get turnovers. Plus, he's the guy that makes the play when the game's on the line. He is that type of guy. And he he just has a feel for the game where he can anticipate what the other team is doing. And you put him in position. You go ahead. You feel you got confidence in him. So you send him when the, a lot's on the line. You, you, you know he's going to have a good feel for when they come off the corner or something. But he's a big play guy. He's done it with everything on the line. I mean, he's done it in, you know, championship games, things like that. There are not a lot of people in the league like that. I mean, they, they have that on their resume where you made the play. When it was all on the line, you made the play. So he, he's that type of guy. And I think that he's great for your young players to have a guy like that because he's there all the time. They know, hey, this guy has done what I want to do. So they're going to listen to him because when he puts his resume out there, right away they go, hey, Honey Badger has done it. Honey Badger has been where I want to go. So uh, the rest of the defense is going to follow him when you got a guy comes in with that type of resume. So, and he, he's just, uh, he's got a great feel for the game. 
and he and he's he's a guy who makes plays when it's on the line. So you can't say enough about that. Normally, you don't get shots at guys like that. How about this too, Gary? Let's let's go over to Devontae Smith. Do you think the Eagles will ever get the maximum potential out of him in this current offensive system with this quarterback? I mean, there are so many expectations. And we see, like I, I pointed out last week to you, Jalen Waddle gets 104 receptions. Hell, you got Hunter Renfro sitting yeah. out there in Las Vegas. I mean, Hunter Renfro was a middle-round draft choice, yep. and he's a 100-catch guy. Will the Eagles ever get the maximum potential with what they're doing now, with who they're doing it with? Well, they, they got to step up who they got out there. I mean, they, they definitely have to improve what they have talent-wise at the wide receiver position. This is a throwing league now. You know, people that are in the playoffs, people that are in the Super Bowl can throw the football. They throw the football. They can make a living of throwing football. The football. They're going to make big plays. You don't see that with the Eagles. You, you just don't see the, the weapons. You know, if um, – you sending a guy out there comes in with these weapons, and that's with all we do respect. You know, you got a tight end, uh, you know, but you look at your receivers, you're not really going to get that excited about them. So that puts a lot of pressure on Devontae Smith, the young receiver, and, you know, he's not the kind of guy that comes in with the size and the speed, the way he just frightens you. He's a great route runner. So you need other players with him, especially he's young, you know, you you really, really would have hoped that they would have gone out and they've strengthened that position. Hopefully, they're, they're still going to try to do something. But they definitely – I thought they were going to strengthen that position because they know how important it is. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what they're doing because I, I think when Howie – when he signed that extension, I think it, it, uh, it, it definitely – you see what he did, how he kind of – move them into the next year when it comes to chasing that marquee quarterback if they need to. Howie now is a patient guy because he's got three, he got he added a, a three years on his contract. So I think for that reason, you know, you see that, they're, you know, they might not do a whole lot this year. I don't know. You know what, Gary, I, I, I've heard people start to compare um, Howie Roseman to Danny Ainge. And here's where the comparison is. Yeah. Danny Ainge for the last 10 years has been collecting first round draft choices and second round draft choices for the Celtics. I mean, these guys got multiple first round picks for like until the like the year 2700. I mean, it's just they've got so many draft choices. But yet, I mean, and by the way, they're playing great hoop. They may end up actually winning the Eastern Conference this year. They yeah. Do it. I don't know. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. This is what what's the point of having all these draft choices here? If we're not seeing the production on the field when it comes to winning Super Bowls, and here's a stat for you. Yeah. According to Pro Football Focus, not this last 2021 draft, but prior to that, the Philadelphia Eagles are the worst drafting team in the National Football League. Woo! So oh, that's, all of these draft choices. Wow, that's 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 things. Oh, they're man, 30, that's things. They're 32nd, according to Pro Football Focus. Woo! I it on my uh, Twitter page. Wow. I, I mean – he, he, he's being compared to Ainge now. I mean, what's the point of having all these picks if you're not landing on them? That's clearly a major problem. I mean, it's like you get the ball. You're not scoring any points. I mean, you, you know, you could be driving. For that matter, you could be getting yardage, but you're not putting points on the board. You know, they go by points. You know, they don't go by how many yards you had. They go by points. They don't go really. It doesn't matter how many draft picks you had. What do you have to show for it? Show me some players. 
Jalen Rager, uh, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Come on. Those are two, a, way, a first and a second, both ways. Do you agree, Gary, that Derek Barnett, Rager, and Whiteside should not have a roster spot on the Eagles? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, I, I could see where, you know, now, now I will say with Barnett, he plays hard, just the, the dumb mistakes, and he's just not getting to the – he doesn't get to the quarterback, man. He just – you know, if he gets there, he's a step late. You know, he's just not a guy you you, you uh, really get excited about because you think a quarterback's worried about him the night before the game? Got two sacks? He, he doesn't even know his name. <laughs> you know? I mean, come on. You know, uh, you, you want some people. That, and, and um, you know, Hassan Reddick gives them a guy. He's had a number of years where he had double sacks. It, I mean, double-digit sacks. The thing about it is, He's going to get more attention on this team because you, who else have you got worried about? He's actually had a better career, in my opinion, percentage-wise than what Jadavian Clowney has had. I mean, Jadavian Clowney has never yeah. had a double-digit sack season in his entire professional yeah, career. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and, and, and and he's had some good people he's, he's played with. We played, played, with played for a year people. with J.J. Watt on the other side. So, That's I right. mean, how are you not getting double-digit sacks here? Yeah. Um, Barrett Brooks brought this up. And you tell me if you believe that this could be something that how we would be looking at. He His contention is he believes that Dillard could warrant a first rounder. And he also looks at Gardner Minshew as potential trade bait as we get closer to the April 28th draft to try to get more draft choices or maybe a player. Gary, do you see Howie doing something like that? Because there's no question Gardner Minshew does not want to be on the Eagle team. Because he still thinks he's a starter. Remember, he went yeah. into Howie's office last year and said, how can I become a starter? And Nick Sirianni and them said, you have no chance of being a starter here in Philadelphia. Well, yeah. why would you want to sit there if you're going to not be used and you're making more money than Jalen Hurts? You're making yeah. 2.5. So to me, a lot of things line up for them being able to use. The Colts wanted uh, him for a third rounder. The Eagles balked. They didn't want to do it. Do you see that? That were maybe how he packages some of these guys up. I, I I could see him doing something with that, you know, because really what it says is he did a good job with that move to get him. I mean, look at it. Yeah. I mean, they basically gave him to him. So now people see the value in him. So you got to give Howie credit. He did a good job there. So I could see him getting something for that. You know, now now he he may he may be uh interested in maybe waiting and doing it. I don't know if he's gonna do it right now, but he could do something and throw him in something and do it right at the draft. I mean, you know, people value quarterbacks. I mean, you got to have, uh, you know, that marquee quarterback. And to have him as a backup with the team, let's say like the Colts or somebody who's trying to win, they think they're going to win it this year. You got a veteran backup quarterback like him. That's insurance. Gary. Yeah. Hey, hey Xander, um, can you please bring up the picture? Of the brand new wide receiver that the Philadelphia Eagles have signed, you talking um, about the Olympic kid? Oh, hold on, wait, no, no, no. You, t I, I want to get your first. I'm, I'm not gonna load. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna load the question here. Okay. But, um, I don't know if you've seen a picture of him. First and foremost, here he is, right here. <laughs> Hoss, I thought it was the FedEx guy or Pizza Hut guy. I know, I know. in. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I, I thought it was uh, you gotta have a bowl of Kellogg's cornflakes or something to eat. 
I mean, come on, man. You know, that, that that's, you know, <laughs> that's like, you know, when you, you throw the coin in the, in the fountain, you know, and wish something. You know, that's, that's one of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to throw the coin in the water. You throw the coin in the water and you, you, you close your eyes and wish. That's what <laughs> Howie's doing on that one. Come on. Come on, man. You're bringing... Hey, Gary, but all the inexperience that they have in that huddle outside yeah. of the O-line, every player that's a receiver and every player that's a quarterback outside of the backup, obviously... The guys that they're toting out there in September, there's like no experience. I know. I know. Zero. You know, it's um, you know, we saw this last year. I mean, their running game got them to the playoffs. You know, their running game was was uh, carrying them. But, you know, really just a running game though. You're not going to the big show with just a running game. Hey Gary, that's Oklahoma versus USC back in the day. Hey, that is hey, that's what that is. You know that that's 1970s football, man. Come on, you you can't win like that now. You know you got to have those wideouts, man. You got three of them on the field all the time. You got to have people that scare people. You know that are playmakers. And right now, they have not done what they was I expected them to do this offseason to really shore that up. And if you're Jalen Hurts. I don't see how I could be excited about that. Well, here, I have something for you in closing. The big boss told me this. Hey, Gary Cobb wants to come up to Ocean's Casino for the draft night. We'll get him a room. Come up there, man. Have some grub with us. If you want to come up, Gary, I'm going to be in town. Okay. Okay, for two days. You want to come up, man? They'll get you a room. They'll hook you up. You've been so kind to us, man. And um, I know you're very busy, but if you can, we'll hook you up. I may do that. I, I, I may do that. I may take you up on that. Hey, Seth Joyner's going to be there. A whole bunch of us are going to be up there. Okay. So we'll all sit there and have a few ones out there. And Ocean's Casino, what do you think? I think we can do that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's not that far. Hey, and, and then you know what else? On the way down, you know, my, uh, my son, him and his wife, they had got a little guy. Six months. Oh. Hey. Gary Cobb the third. Gary Cobb the third. That's right. So I got an excuse to go see my man. Let me tell you guys, the Cobb family. <laughs> let me, hey, women, if you ever want any like fertilization, that's right. I'm gonna tell you this. They got basketball players, yeah. they got football players, they got superstars in that family. This guy's my idol. Okay. <laughs> He's my idol, man. G Cobb. Holy cow, man. That kid is probably going to be playing third base for the Phillies um, hey. in, in about 25 years. Hey, we already got him working on his footwork. Dude, man. <laughs> Gary, we love you, man. Hey, I, man, I hope you do. I hope you come up, man. We got a room for you and everything, all right? Hey, we can do that. You got it. Gary Cotton, right. Fox 29, former Philadelphia Eagle. Please hit the like button. Hope all of you fly, you fly up there and come up there, whatever you have to do. Have a pop with Big Sills there, too, so. Yeah, Big Joe went, hey, Cobb's been so great. Why don't you sit there and throw him a perk there? And I said, absolutely, Gary Cobb. And by the way, NFL guy, he ain't turning down perks. You give me a free pencil. Hey, Cilio, you're getting free pencils. When Xander was going to send me shirts, I'm like, how many? <laughs> Dude, I showed you my box of clothing. 
That's what I wear. Cleveland Browns, Buccaneers, and Kane stuff. <laughs> All right, we'll reset. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Eagle Christ Cake State Farm. I don't know. <laughs> Big sales. Hit the like button. Thank you guys so much. Chris, you know what my wife would tell you? We got you an ex- an escort. My wife would go, what's he going to do with it? What's he going to do with it? He never leaves his house, and he doesn't spend money. It's not going to happen. And plus, you know, I don't know. He's just, you know, I don't like anybody touching big cells. Don't touch the bear. <laughs> don't touch the bear, man. I don't like, you know, I'm one of those guys. Don't touch the bear, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, just don't. Don't come there. I mean, I might eat your face. <laughs> hey, Jay, tomorrow I believe we're getting Philly 5.0 on. Yeah. Oceans, that's right. We're going to be up there, man. Can you believe it? These guys got me out of the Dan Cave. I can't believe it. 
Wait, Phillies and Mets tonight. I know. It used to be a big deal. Now, I don't know. Interleague play is shit all over that. Dodgers, when I grew up, it was Phillies and Dodgers, Phillies and Reds, Phillies and Mets. Eh, Braves, we're not really um, a rival. It was Dodgers and Phillies. When I grew up, the Dodgers and Phillies ran the National League with the Cardinals. Okay? They ran it. <laughs> Xander's like, does anyone on the planet like the Mets? Yeah, loser New York fans. All the ones down there in Bayside and Queens. The Mets! Mr. Met! Same guys who like the Jets, Fireman Ed. When Fireman Ed and Joe Namath are the only thing you have in Jets lore, you know that you're sad. 69, baby. Okay, good. Whatever. And the Mets, 69, 73, 86, 2000. Never forget. Go Mets. I used to look at the Met guy when that apple used to come out of the hat. Remember? Remember that apple at Shea? What a shithole Shea was, too. Remember that apple that used to come out? Not that the vet was that much better. I mean, quite frankly, really. I played at the vet. Sorry, man. I can't give you kudos for it. Okay? Everything was green underneath. They painted the cement green. It was crazy. So, okay. And, and by the way, and I know that was your hole. How you doing? Monday to Friday, 4 to 6, Eastern. Soon to change, but I. But who? But the Mets. That apple would come out. Every time a guy would hit a home run, you're like, jeez, oh, man. The Mets. Oh, God. Tom Seaver. He was one of my favorite players, I will admit, growing up. Tom Seaver. Holy shit. <laughs> Mets. Yeah, it's funny. I've the, the only people that I know, but see, there's a there's a my age group didn't want to like the Yankees and the Giants. So what they did was they wanted to like the Mets and the Jets. And I was like, why? And by the way, you know why the Mets have their color? We need a room discount. Cali Billios. <laughs> oh, man. Vape. Thank you very much. Do you know why the Mets have their colors? The Mets, this is a – look, here, here again, folks. Here's stupid shit. Hey, Chris, that 86 Mets team was legit. If I'm not mistaken, I think Patrick Mahomes' his old man was on that team. Okay, I think I think Patrick Mahomes' dad was on that team. Can you imagine if they had wild card rounds? That Mets team probably wins more than one World Series because of the pitching they had. Mets had great pitching, and they had a great bullpen too. For them to only win one World Series. But the reason they have their colors, after the Dodgers and the Giants moved away from New York in 59, they ended up taking the colors – the Mets are Dodger blue, and they're also giant orange. That's how, yeah, that's right, Tony. So, because they were trying to get both the fan bases uh, to go to Queens, and everybody, had, hey, everybody down near the polo grounds were like, I'm not going up to that stupid hole in Queens. Where, where the ball is there, where the old world's fair? Screw that, I'm not going over there. 
They never got the fan base they wanted. They got a decent fan base when they won, but they never attracted the Dodger fans that were going to Ebbets Field back in the day. Never went again. I got to tell you guys a story, and it reminds me. It, it remind no no man maybe I don't know if I should. Could be hey when we pop up that guy Devin Allen. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Wait a minute. Ready? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Holy cow, the guy's a white guy. Here, look at this. Holy cow, he's a white guy. (laughs) And he's a hurdler. I got to tell you a story. I got to tell you a story. (laughs) I got to tell you this story. This is so bad. My aunt's probably going, no. So back in the day, my grandfather got invited to go to a Brooklyn Dodgers game. And, <laughs> hey, and remember back then there was no really a lot. There wasn't like access to television. And everybody, everybody was like, oh, my God. And we're, we're Italian, right? And so like, hey, Bear, let's go see Roy Campanella. This guy's Italian. Griff, I was like, Roy Campanella's Italian? I'm going like, yeah. He's like, yeah, Bear. They take my grandfather to Abbott's Field, <laughs> and they go, Brother Bear, look, there's Roy Campanella. My grandfather went and goes, <laughs> he goes, that's Roy Campanella? <laughs> Fast forward years later, my grandfather and I are watching the Steelers. We're watching the Steelers play, and Franco Harris is running around. Wait a minute, wait. Franco Harris is running around. My grandfather's like, Jesus Christ, look at this guy, man. He runs out of bounds. And my grandfather sees this, Franco's Italian army. I go, Grant, you know that Franco's part Italian. And he goes like this, get out of here. What? He goes, yeah, he's part Italian. He goes, Franco Harris is Italian. I go, yeah, his mom's Italian. He's like, this guy here's a Hall of Fame running back. Look at him. I'm going, okay, you like him now because he's Italian, right? He's like, well, look at him. Look at the way he runs. This guy's won multiple championships. I'm like, okay, now he likes him because he's Italian. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, but on, man. <laughs> Franco's Italian? Yeah, he's Italian, Dad. <laughs> Oh my God Almighty! Oh, you got hey! I'll tell you this. <laughs> Franco's Italian. Yeah, he's Italian. <laughs> now he's a hey two one five. This guy's a Hall of Famer. Look at all these guys on the Steelers. Oh, okay. Two minutes ago, you know, you didn't give a shit about him. Now he's Italian. Well, look at him. I go, I am looking at him. Are you? <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. Yeah, hey, 215. Yeah, now, you know, he played with Lydell Mitchell, too, for Joe Paterno. They had a really great football team back in the day. Lydell Mitchell went on to play years for the Colts. He was a hell of a player, man. Always quality programming, will say. <laughs> hey, I, I – there is no question, man. I was raised such in a great family. Oh, my God. We had so much fun and so many laughs. My grandfather would put your ass in stitches. 
just some of the shit that he'd say. It was just really fun, man. Like I said, I bring over my Miami Hurricanes. These guys are great. I go, what would you think they were going to do, steal the silverware? I bring Jerome Brown, Alonzo Highsmith, and Michael Irvin, and another guy named Daryl Fullington. I got him in the house until like 2.30. I told you guys this story. These guys are fantastic. What would you think they were going to do, steal the furniture and steal the – no, no, I'm not saying any of that. I go, what? You know, this guy's are spectacular. <laughs> He's like, he goes, oh, the, the, he, every time he saw Jerome playing, man, he just rooted his ass on. Oh, he so did, man. Just loved Jerome. He did. He loved him, man. It's so funny. He's sitting there drinking beers, eating food. Jerome's eating meatballs, my grandmother. And I've posted this on my Twitter page. Those were just great times. Alonzo Highsmith, who now works for the Seahawks, was the third pick in the draft by the Oilers. And we sat around for hours, man, just talking, telling stories, talking about Willie Brown, Jerome's dad, how much of a hard ass he was. And Mr. Brown was a hard ass. Oh, man. The mom was even, the mom was even great. What above all? You know what? I haven't had Michael Irvin on the show, have I? I haven't had Michael Irvin on the show. You know what? In the timeout, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a picture to Xander of me and Irvin, and I'm going to show you how cool he was and what a great teammate he was to me. There's a game we were playing against Pittsburgh. I got hurt in the game. Michael came all the way down the bench to check on me. He goes, Big Sills, you Okay. I looked over at him like, man, I ain't missing nothing. I'm like my, I'm, I'm, I'll be back in a minute. Let me get this thing. Let me get a shot here. They gave me a cortisone shot. I said, I'm not missing shit. <laughs> uh, no way. Big seals don't sit for anybody. So Michael came over and goes, hey, you all right? Because he saw, man, I thought I broke my arm. I was playing against Stebnoski and Randy Dixon and all them dudes and Ironhead Hayward. That dude was from Jersey. Dude, that guy, Ironhead, was some football player. That dude, man, was so good they gave his brother a scholarship to go to Pitt. Yeah, man, what a great football family. Hey, his kid plays for the Steelers now. His other kid... Is that is that uh, flanker for Michigan State, who I wouldn't mind on the Eagles also. Dude, I wouldn't mind that guy on the Eagles. That that Hayward kid that plays in the flanker position, they line him up wide, put him in the slot. They also could put him in the backfield. That could be like a Debo Samuel kind of guy. That kid's a good player. Physical. I tweeted one out, man. I said, is that Ironhead's kid? Man, everybody, the Steeler brother, the mother, everyone goes, you bet that's Ironhead's kid. That kid can play. He's a tough kid, man. I like him. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind him on the Steelers. Dude, Emmett Smith, tremendous. I, I couldn't believe that a five foot nine, 195-pound guy, okay, could be the player that he turned out to be. I can't, I, I just, I, I can't believe it. Hey, by the way, I want to say this before we get to the top of the hour. You see Adam Silver starting to bark about how they're going to, um, 
address players and superstars sitting. Said that, you know, we can't have stars sitting out when they're healthy and not play. Can you imagine Tom Brady not playing or Jalen Hurts not playing in a Sunday game just because he's not feeling well? And he's thinking that he needs a little time off. I got one for you. Don't pay him. You see what they're starting to do, too? They're starting to talk about taking the schedule down from 80-some-odd games to 72 games. Okay? Can you imagine? (laughs) He did in the preseason, and Philly went nuts. Jalen did. Yeah, stomach bug. Get your ass out there. Okay? Throwing up, who cares? If you can walk, you can play. That's my philosophy. You can walk, you can play. Yeah, but what about – but see, get this, guys. When you're guaranteed 250 to $300 million like these NBA guys are, why wouldn't you take nights off? How hard do you think it is to get a guy to go out there when he's not feeling 100% that makes $300 million? And these guys are 26 years old. Think about that. You're 26 years old, and you've got a half a billion dollars in the bank. You're really thinking that you're going to motivate somebody to go out and play a meaningless game against the Orlando Magic? You're not going to get a, you're not going to get a person worth $300 million in any business to get up off their ass and leave their house to go and watch the Magic play. Hell, they're not even going to go watch the Magic play, let alone play in a game against the Magic. Jim says, Sills, it's true. The Eagles had open tryouts last week. (laughs) Fight, Eagles, fight. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Open tryouts. I could see Vinny Goombats from South Philly showing up to Howie Roseman's workout. I'm here. I'm ready. You ever played ball? No, but it seems the way you've been drafting, you don't know what you're doing in a draft. So line me up in a 40. I'm ready. Fight! Eagle, fight! Show you what I'm made of. Let's go. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Vince Papali, thank you, Yale. You guys are great with the movies I watch. All right, I got to take a time out. <laughs> Father Sarducci. <laughs> oh, my God. They had an open tryout. <laughs> and they gave a roster spot. Okay. They gave a roster spot to the double check guy. I got to take a time out. We'll reset, man. Hour two. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Julio. Please hit the like button, guys. I really appreciate you guys. Really a fast first hour. I appreciate Gary Cobb coming on, too. If you missed it, please go back and watch it a little bit later on. You know, this is the first Monday in probably my 30 years being on the air that I didn't start a show off on a Monday after a Masters weekend. You know why? I think that 80% of America doesn't give a shit what happened at the Masters. I learned a lesson And one thing that YouTube and Twitch and some of these other platforms have told me, not one of you mentioned Tiger here for a full hour. Nobody mentioned Tiger. Interesting. Tiger's one of the most polarizing people in sports history. Dan says 95%. I think in a city like Philly, nobody's sitting around thinking about playing 18 holes of golf. Unless you're rich. People who talk about golf are rich. See, me, I like sports, and I like history, and I like dominance, and I like people that move the needle or become the needle. And look at D-Train. I don't give a shit about Tiger. Jeremiah, I'm in Augusta, and I forgot about the Masters. Tiger who? One above all. Look at that. It's so true. You know what some idiot tried telling me about a year ago? I'll tell you guys, and I'll take you behind the scenes. I'm not going to tell you which radio station. They were thinking of putting me on weekends. 
in Philadelphia behind the mic. You know what the guy said to me? He goes, yeah, they don't want to hear anything about national radio. I said, are you under some impression that I don't know how to do a local radio show? Have you guys seen what I've done for the middle? Have you guys seen what I've done for the national football show? Come April, it'll be a year. Have, do you know what I do? I know the difference between national and local because I've done it all. And I've been successful at it all against the claims that are out there. What above all, not, not saying anything. And I go like this and I, you know, what the, you, know, you know what the comment was back at me? Well, we want to give guys a chance that we have in our market. And you know what my response was? So it's to me like Howie Roseman in a way. You want to draft a guy onto your platform, radio, here, and you want to try somebody out. Okay, well, guess what? I'm clearly not your guy. Because Big Sills doesn't do tryouts. I don't do tryouts. Okay? (laughs) I'm beyond that. Tryouts? I don't think so. You ain't got a guy on your stations outside of Angelo. He's an entertainer. You ain't got anybody. Don't talk shit to me like that. Okay. No, I'm not giving any names up here. No need for that. I'm grown up now. Well, you know, one of them, they were, oh, no, they kept calling me. They were listening to my tape because I was talking about Kyrie Irving. And um, here's Xander. Year one, we did damage. You might break Philadelphia year two. Oh, I'm going to. I plan on it. And then you know what happens? You'll come to me. And as Sonny would say, now you can't leave. (laughs) Hey, Greg. Now you can't leave. Eh, one drink. Go ahead. One drink. <laughs> now you can't leave. I knew Chad. I know Chaz Palmentary too, man. <laughs> hey, no, no, monster. Lean into them. Spill their guts. Stab them in the belly. <laughs> Wade into them, man. I love Patton. Oh, my God, man. Right? Yeah, this guy, man, a year ago. Yeah, you know, you know, you might be a little too much for Philly. And I'm like, you're probably correct. You're probably correct. I did a show in San Francisco. Can you imagine me? That's like one of the first. I got my first big gig in San Francisco on KMBR. Just so you know. It's a 50,000-watt blowtorch that goes across the country. The Giants are on it. I told you this before. John Madden got my job for me. I was on the air. I filled in. John Madden goes, this kid's freaking spectacular. Sure enough, Tony Salvador, Bob. Um, Tony Salvador and Bob Agnew, my program director, used to swear at me like a truck driver, like Tom Bigby at WIP used to at all his guys. 
they had these old curmudgeons back in the day that used to swear at talent, like Xander does today. <laughs> and, hey, Big Sills is doing a show in San Francisco, me, doing a show in San Francisco, and I was going off in that town. Oh, Big Sills, big mouth. They had the mouth of this. Oh, it was terrible. I was just getting into everyone's ass. This guy sucks. I was doing East Coast radio in a snowflake city like San Fran. How do you think that worked? And I was doing 10 shares at night. It was called KMBR 68. Hey, hey, Chris. Big Sills in Jersey? Philly? And NYC? It'd be illegal. It'd be This thing's going to be illegal after a while. <laughs> Good day. They're finding us. Man, you don't get the kind of guests we get on and not know what's up. And now everybody's like finding, they're finding, hey, by the way, great job, Xander. Xander, great job on the uh, Bruce Arians interview. They're finding it now. Yeah. Our top four states are Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Cali, and New York. Gee, really? (laughs) All places I'm good in. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okie dokie. I didn't mention Tiger, though. Seals is way funnier than Angelo. Hey, Angelo must be Northern Italian. Hey, what above all? You know, those guys are kind of like almost Frenchmen. It's all right. You know, he's almost, we're almost paisans. You know, he's probably Nobly Don. You know, you could be Calabrese. You could be like, you know, Viennese and I think he's more, you know, I think he's probably Nobly Don. <laughs> hey, monster. Hey, you know, that means, that, hey, just so you know, Northern Italians like white sauce. Big Sills likes dark sauce. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, even the Boston guys liked me, Chris. They did. But Boston's got a tad bit too many snowflakes up there. Hey, I'll tell you guys one story. Hang on, Mon- get this, guys. I'll, I'll tell you the story on what happened and why I didn't get the morning show at WEI in Boston. I haven't told it publicly. You'll love this. <laughs> I was never fired in San Diego at the intercom station. By the way, I have nothing against intercom. It's nothing, no, 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 no bad blood. And so I'm, I'm, I'm making a pretty good penny in San Diego. And they, they hired me. And all of a sudden, get this, I started doing WEEI shows like later on that night. I would do my morning show. I would do it from five to nine. I think it was five to nine. I, I, w- I would do it from five to nine. Then I would turn around come back later on and do a three-hour show on Boston. No guest. Just me and the callers. And, man, I the program director had a three-year contract on the table, over a million and a half. And he put it on the table. Get this. So one of these guys, these, like, um, activists, you're putting him on? 
he said some of the craziest things in the history. And not true. Some of it's true. Some of it's, oh, all of a sudden, man, everybody at Intercom goes, you know, and everybody was like, oh, my God, he has said this in the past. But you got to remember something. I've never, you know, I, I make it, and I, my aunt always kills me when I do this to you guys. My aunt always makes it seem like I've been fired by 70 different people. It's not true over 30 years. I got fired for the monkey comment at, at WDAE. Uh, WDAE. I got fired at the QAM job because I was trashing Miami. And that's it. Two jobs in 30 years. In Tampa, I was there 16 years. 16 years. <laughs> hey, Xander says, Roseman just called. He wants you out at Jacob. Oh, my God. Bucks did that to me. Hey, guys. Hey, you know why you guys are coming here? So when I was on Tampa, I was doing this. Bucks suck. See, this is why I could never go on, I don't think, as a host in your city. I was doing this. Buccaneers suck. They're not going anywhere. Their draft choices stink. They're not, they've got a bunch of lollipops on their roster. Where are they going? They thought I was affecting sales. They would never put a guest on. They would never put, I was the morning show for the flagship station of the Bucks. Hey, so I was like this. F them. I don't need them. I started doing eight shares. I was number one in the market. I almost beat Bubba the Love Sponge for overall 25.54. I was 10th of a point off, a 10th of a point off from a $50,000 bonus. I was a and I was little old guy on an AM dial beating the hell out of everybody telling the truth. Controversial cilio. And when I said the monkey comment, the Bucks called and said either he goes or we go. That's a fact. And Clear Channel and iHeart, that's how why they kind of had an ass and one guy, it wasn't iHeart. iHeart, I have 95% of my friends are at iHeart. I love them all. There's a few people I don't like. There was only one guy who thought he would brand me a racist. And he hurt me a lot. He was the senior vice president of the company. Wanted me out because I didn't want to sign a contract with him. Give me some bullshit deal. I was on a multiple markets doing eight, nine shares in Orlando, Tampa, Atlanta. They were growing my network. I was impeding on Fox Sports Radio. I told Fox Sports Radio, me and Bruno both said, go kiss my ass. Me and Tony Bruno told them to kiss our asses. We walked out together. <laughs> they wanted to give us this really shitty deal. We were like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Well, well, not not really, because if you go on Twitter, they'll tell you I've been fired 57 times, three times in one year. It's not true. But see, if you say the lie enough, people start believing it. And like this thing with Tom Brady. Okay? Think of this. This thing with Tom Brady. Do you hear what they're saying now? That Brady was orchestrating um, a move to the Miami Dolphins that the Dolphins were going to give him, as a player, a senior executive position, which is completely illegal against the collective bargaining agreement. But it doesn't matter. 
They could say whatever they want, and they do. They just make these lies up. Even after we had Bruce Arians on, I go like this to Bruce. I go, Bruce, did Brady try to force his way out of Tampa to play somewhere else? He goes, never in a million years did that come up. I wish I had asked that, that question. It would have been another preposterous question asked. Oh, hey, Chris, that's all they do. They scream racism and people hide. But you know what, too, conservatives do? They hide under their desk because when people get called a racist, they don't stand up for themselves. They take a knee. See, that's the thing. Okay? Liberals know that. But when you stand up for yourself, you know, people don't like that. Russians rigged. I don't care. Dude, Dan Snyder is still an owner. There's no rules. <laughs> hey, D-Train. Dude, good call. How's Daniel Snyder still the owner of that Washington thing? Absolutely, man. How in the world is that dude still the owner of that football team? It blows your mind. All right. Guys, how would you – here. I want to throw some of the names I threw off you in the first hour. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's play thumbs up, thumbs down. Clear channel. Matt, they're iHeart now, but yeah. Some, Matt, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, Matt. Honestly, 99% of the people that I worked with for 15 years, I really loved it. I really loved them. 99% of the people I worked at QAM, I hated. And I worked there a year. <laughs> so figure it out. Jordan Davis, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you like to have him on the Eagles? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's play a game here. Would you like to see the Eagles use one of their first-round draft choices? Sean, up. Monster, up. Like the, oh, I don't think you're going to go wrong with him either. I think he ran 4-7-1 as well. Christopher says, up. Trayvon Walker, you're talking. D-Train, up. Okay. 215, down. Razor, up. Kevin, up. Okay. We need a nose. Well, wait a minute. D-Train, Why'd you sign Fletcher then to $14 million? William up. Why why did you sign Fletcher? Why'd you sign Fletcher to a $14 million deal if you're thinking you need a nose? He's not a perimeter rusher. See, to me, guys, I don't know if you agree with me on this. How about this? Fletcher Cox, the more I look at that deal... How about this, guys? You guys may kill me on this. I wouldn't have brought him back. Do you agree? I wouldn't have brought Fletcher Cox back at $14 million. Why? This is just going to be a pay. This is going to be like a, a parting gift. Mike says up. Right? All of a sudden, you think you're going to get a better year out of him? Oh, I see. Xander says, well, if they didn't, 
he'd be crushing them. Oh, so you're worried about somebody bad-mouthing you? Oh, that's a great way to do business. You see, you got to remember something. When you're bashing other people, when you get fired or something, take it from a guy like me, okay? Conduct yourself the best you possibly can, holding your poise and your character because that's what's going to benefit you at your next place or, if anything, how people will gauge you and how people will, will evaluate you. If you can hold your look at look at Will Smith and how he's handling himself now, after hitting um, Chris Rock, he's accepting the punishment. He's almost being turned into what a martyr for what's going on. He's conducting himself the right way instead of bitching and crying like Antonio Brown is doing, or some of these other guys who get fired and have disgruntled behavior. Hey, we've all gone through it. The first reaction is your worst reaction when it comes to when you get fired because you want to, you automatically go into self-preservation. Oh, that's their fault. They're assholes. They're this, they're that. And you go into all of that diatribe instead of, you know what my wife does? My wife teaches me a really great thing. You know what that is? Take 24 hours before you say something. That's my new thing. 24 hours before something, when anything happens bad, take 24 hours. Think about it. And how you're going to respond. Sean, I'm down with it. I'm with you. They should never have assigned Fletcher Cox back. And you're worried about him talking shit on you? Well, that's going to affect him more than you. Okay? Fletcher Cox, nobody wants to hire a guy who talks shit on someone who had to move off him. And everyone in the NFL knows he's not an $18 million a year guy. So if you're going to start talking shit on him, they don't know what they're doing. They made the playoffs. Victor goes, I'll take AB right now. Yeah, because you know why? You don't have to pay him $25 million. I would take him too for a league minimum contract. Crab, you wrestled. Ultimo Dragon, are you kidding? Crab, you, yeah, I did. Vape, CWA. Hey, Vape, I wrestled Road Warrior Hawk. I wrestled Animal. Vader, the ultimate warrior. Who's the one dude, man? Nineville. Nineville? Am I saying it right? Dude, Rip Hawk. Love Hawk. Mike is a great dude, man. Mike was a great dude. Great dude. We hung out. Hey, we hung out in, um, in, in um, Vienna. I lived in Europe for seven months, I think it did. Oh, man, I went to the, I went to the machine shop with Ultimate Warrior. I, I, I wrestled Razor, Razor Ramon, too. I know he just passed away. By the way, myself and he and my wife used to work out in Orlando. Scott Hall's a great dude, man. Anvil, yeah. Sills, why didn't you get into pro wrestling? I did, Leo. I did it. I was the CWA junior heavyweight champion of Europe. I held the title for 11 days. I had the belt around my waist. 
I was the first guy you can Google it. I held, and if I'm not mistaken, I've posted the rankings. I was the 10th rated wrestler in Europe when I was over there. I, I, one of the great things, I was, I was on the same ranking with Ken Patera, one of, my, one of my idols when I was a young kid. Yeah, man. I think Patera was ranked. I was 10th. He was 9th. And I'm like, dude, any list I'm on with Ken Patera? Hey, dude, I wrestled in Japan too, Leo, at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, Antonio Inoki brought me over. Yeah, hey, man, I went over there with Vader. And I came out, and there's a Tokyo Dome, and there's 60,000 people in there. You're like this. Holy Jesus. And you're in your shorts, and you're going like this. 60,000 people. Dude, I'm making really great money. My grandfather goes like this to me. He goes like this. He goes, you got a college education. You play pro football. You got a degree. Um, you got a degree in communications. This is what you're going to do with your life. I go, Dad, I'm making $15,000 to $18,000 a week. He goes, how's your body feel? I go, it's pretty banged up. I, I won't lie. It would, hey, dude. You do a lot of drugs and sedatives to keep yourself from doing it because you're doing it every night. And it was a lot. Wrestling's hard. Hardest thing I ever did. Professional wrestling is harder than pro football because you're doing it every night. You're jumping off the top rope. You're constantly injured. You're always hurt. And you're always medicated. Chris, where's the belt? Good, good call. I've posted a pic. I have a picture of the belt. I don't have the belt anymore. And I'm trying to get a catch wrestling association um, belt made when I held the championship. Yeah. Seals taking bumps. Oof. Hey, Tyler, how about this? Coming off that rope? You think that's easy? I didn't realize that that thing was just wrapped with um, with all that barbed wire. It wasn't barbed wire, but it was wire. And man, after a while, I was doing this because I couldn't put my arm over there. And Ole Anderson and Cowboy Bob Orton are all going like this. Ah, you'll build up a calcium for it. Don't worry about it, man. After a while, it gets used to it. Pain is something you're going to have to eat. You'll be eating those, you'll be eating those Percocets like, like they're M&Ms. I'm going like, why is your eye closed? <laughs> I got it poked out last night. Hey, 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 dude, man. Really great stuff, man. I wrestled in Europe. Hey, what above all? So I'm in Graz, Austria, wrestling for Otto. Big Otto wants. I'm wrestling. I'm throwing one of these local kids around. I'm throwing them over to cardio alone, dude. I'm throwing this guy around. I'm punching this kid. Because he hit me in the chin. I said, don't you ever hit me like that. And I'm hitting him. I'm beating the shit out of him. Bud's going, I'm, I'm beating this guy up. Because he hit me, knocked me out on my feet. I was like, you son of a, I got this guy. I was a really good amateur wrestler. Okay. I mean, I got recruited by Bob Gable or Dan Gable, excuse me, to go to Iowa. So I was, I was going to kill this kid. <laughs> and I, I'm beating this guy up. Guy goes like this to me in the front row. Hang on, he goes like this. He shows me a pistol. He's got a 25. He's doing this. 
I said, man, they had guns on on, on the um, guys in the front row all had guns. I was like, holy shit, man. <laughs> hey. Yes, I've worked at Bear Stearns as a stockbroker, a wrestler, pro football player. Been in, been in broadcasting for 30 years. You ever get cut and bleed? Come on, man. Up here in the top? You got nice scars. See, you, you, always, you always do it up here. That's where the most of them, you do it on the hairline. Come on, Chris. Gotta look the part, you know. <laughs> and then we all, everybody moved to Tampa. All good here, man. All good. I want to finish what we were doing. I got another couple guys I want to throw at you here. Also, I didn't really finish my take on Tiger. I want to throw that out there. Xander's boy, Saban, was at the final round of the Masters watching Tiger. Want to hit on that. Guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
that National Football Association Lakers file fire Frank Vogel. Why? Oh, I know why. Because you can't fire LeBron or you can't fire AD. Coach always takes it. By the way, how far does Doc Rivers have to go into the playoffs so that his job's not in jeopardy? How far? Here. Would we agree? Doc wins a Doc wins a championship in Boston. You know what's funny? Championship monster. Guys, can I ask you something? Why are you so tough on Doc? And Doc leans on that Boston Celtics championship, and yet. If Howie doesn't deliver a championship, you're not hard on him. He leans on that 17. Both have championships. How come Doc gets more heat? Doc's only been in Philly one year. Now two. How come, how come, and by the way, Frank Vogel was a great coach. He's going to land a job instantly. No biggie. The Lakers are in worse shape now than they were at the end of Kobe's run. That fraudulent title that they won has to have an asterisk on it now. That bubble title, that's exactly what it is. It's a bubble title. Okay. Why are you hard on Doc? Because he won the championship not in Boston, or excuse me, not in Philly, but in Boston. Doc took a lot of shit. And by the way, the whole Ben Simmons thing has been dumped on his doorstep because he, I guess, some of the people in the media didn't like the way that Doc talked to Ben. Who cares about Ben Simmons? Old news. Where is Ben Simmons? I hear his face is still on a milk carton in Brooklyn. Have you seen this kid? Seriously, man. Have you seen the picture of this guy here? Can we put him on every milk carton we can, please? Yeah. You know, LSU fraud? Didn't get his team to the postseason? Moans and bitches and cries? Yeah. His name is Benjamin Wentz Simmons. You know who he is. Ben Wentz Simmons. Yeah, but still, he's got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, we all have problems. Yeah. Sills, you know, this guy has, you know, some issues about going to work. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Norb says, stick to football, big Sills. Stick to football. I'm a sports dude, guy. Been one for 30 years. But you think I just covered football? Wrong guy. There ain't a dude on the planet who has the people we have from all sports. You're kidding me, man. Yeah, have you seen this missing dude? Benjamin Wentz Simmons. I don't, you know what, too? What's crazy? 
look at the weakness of athletic stars that the NBA has. LeBron, really? That's your face of the league. All right, I guess so. LeBron's all right. Just not Jordan. I know, old man. How about this? He's not Kobe. Here, if you had to win a game seven and the other players, the other four players were all even, who would you pick, Kobe Bryant or LeBron James? Who would you, who would you take? You had to win a game seven NBA finals. Who would you take? <clears throat> Kobe Bryant or LeBron? Oh, Ben, here comes the LeBron haters. <laughs> Why? It's a question. Kobe. Kobe. I, I didn't load it. Bring back Billy Cunningham. Kobe. What was loaded about that? I say Kobe or LeBron. I'm not setting LeBron up. Kobe or LeBron. I didn't even say MJ or Kobe or MJ or LeBron. I said Kobe and, Lebr- and LeBron. I didn't even throw MJ's co- the, the old conversation in. I just said, who would you take if you had to win a game seven? Kobe Bryant or LeBron James? Who would you pick to finish a game off between those two dudes? What do you mean? Where here comes the hate? What do you mean the hate? That's not a hate. It's a question. It's not hate. How about this? Just so you know, LeBron James is probably the only player in NBA history that could play all five positions and be an all-star at all five. Okay? He's probably the only guy that could do it. He could probably be an all-star center if he wanted. So I've, I've said that before. I don't like his politics, but that's besides the point. I'm talking about closing a game seven out. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Kobe or LeBron? I'm taking MJ Kobe before LeBron every day of the week and twice on Sunday, says my boy Xander. Just saying. Magic, Tony says Magic played all five positions. In 80, he did. 44, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong. 44, 15, and eight at the spectrum in six. Tony, am I right? 44, 43. 15 and 6. Why do I think 14 boards or 15 boards and 6 assists that he had in that game 6 when he was 20 years old? Sales, Magic or Bird? Magic or Bird? Man, Larry was just a sharpshooter. Magic was just spectacular. All the way from 79 in that title game in St. Louis when he beat him for the national championship. Magic is just too good. Hey, 
close. Close, but you got to go. You got to go Magic Johnson. See, I personally think Magic Johnson is the third greatest basketball player of all time. Okay, I do. I think Kareem's second for the record. MJ's one. Wilt's four. Who would you take in a game that you had to have a closeout? Joel Embiid or Shaquille O'Neal? I think you're going to be shocked. Who would you take? Shaq or Joel Embiid? Game seven, Eastern Conference Finals. Who would you take to close out the game seven for the Eastern Conference Finals? Matt says Joel. Huh? Wait a minute. Xander says stop. I think he I think he thinks it's Shaq. Hang on for a second. So when beat averages 30 points, right? Hack a shack. That's right. Embiid. I'm taking Joel Embiid. You know why? You got to take Shaq out with two minutes left in the game. If it's close, Shaq's a 51% free throw shooter. Joel Embiid's in the 70s. The guy's a force. When I have to take a superstar out with two minutes left and it's a tie ball game, there's a problem. There's a problem. Shaq making free throws just like Wilt. It was an issue. You know why Wilt didn't win more championships? He couldn't make free throws down the line against the Celtics. That's even a better point, Monster. Joel Embiid's got a three-point shot, too, and he's got a perimeter shot. How many perimeter? Shaq led the NBA in field goal percentage because the only shot he had was the dunk and the turnaround J. And Bede's actually got a game. Okay? And Bede's got a game. That's why, watch this. Who would you take, Olajuwon or Shaquille O'Neal? Olajuwon was 79% from the free throw line. So was Jabbar. You, you're... They're undefensible when you're shooting charity stripes and you're shooting 80% from the free throw line. Jack's shooting 50-some percent. Shaq's a liability in tight games. Hey, when you're up by 20, Shaq's running you off the floor, no question. And for the majority of the time, Shaq ran people off the floor because he dominated you for 48 minutes. But if it was a tight game against Duncan... Or a tight game against David Robinson? Clearly a tight game against Olajuwon. Olajuwon swept him. Kareem swept him in four. Or excuse me. The Dream swept him in four. I think Olajuwon went 28-14 and something in that series against uh, the Magic. (laughs) Olajuwon could run the floor, had a perimeter shot, And he was faster than Shaq up and down the floor, and he was seven feet as well. Dude, Shaq is the most dominant guy in the history of the NBA physically. But with two minutes left in a game, are you really going to put a 50% free throw shooter on the line when it's a tie game and you know he's going to hit the rim? Daz, his dominance is why he has four rings. That team in Orlando should have beat the pants off that Rockets team. 
Okay? Hey, Xander, Shaquille O'Neal is the most dominant big man in NBA history next to Wilt. No denying that. But you can't, you can't trust Shaq to make free throws. Game's 101-101. Minute left in the game. You're not. You're praying. You know what you're doing? As soon as Shaq touches the ball, I'm fouling him. And you know what I'm doing? I am covering everyone else and double-teaming their best shooter, and I'm leaving Shaq wide open, and then I'm fouling him. He's going to miss one or two of the free throws, and it's going to give me a chance to win the ball game. It's not that hard. That's why Kareem is almost impossible to defend. The sky hook with two minutes left, and he's an 80% free throw shooter. Come on now. <laughs> Kareem, man. Kareem's a beast. Shaq was a force, Daz. Okay? He was a beast. Hey, listen, I told you this. My wife and I loved watching him when he was with the Magic. Okay? 215 facts. I'm bringing dudes off the bench just to foul Shaq. Absolutely, man. Why do you think, hey, hey, 215, why do you think you have those white guy stiffs <laughs> sitting on you? Uh, hey, hey, why do you think they have a few white guys sitting at Georgetown on the bench? Get in there and foul that guy. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, Joel Embiid has got some game. He can hit the – and, dude, I wish – that if that shot had gone in against the Raptors, okay, that Sixer team could have won the NBA championship that year. Yeah, right? The one that Kawhi won? Absolutely, man. They fired Frank Vogel. Well, Doc, Doc's going to have to go far, don't you think? He's going to have to at least put – do you think there could be a change in Philadelphia if Rivers gets knocked out before the Eastern Conference Finals? I say this to you. If Doc Rivers doesn't get that Sixer team into the Eastern Conference Finals – I think they could fire him. I think they could fire him. I wouldn't mind seeing Frank Vogel as the head coach of the Sixers. He's a damn good coach, man. Dude, those, those Pacer teams that he coached, Frank Vogel can coach, guys. Okay, this guy has won an NBA championship. Okay, he's good. The Lakers are a train wreck. If you look at the last 10 years of Laker basketball, I think six of them, um, they, are been, they have been under 500. Daz, Penny was great. I can name you that entire Magic team. Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, Shaquille O'Neal, Horace Grant. Dude, they were good, man. Dennis Scott was on that team too. They could play some ball, dude. And that Houston Rockets team was just loaded with, with Olajuwon. He was so dynamic. Horace Grant was a good ball player, man. He won, I think, three NBA championships when he was with uh, the Bulls. Wait a minute, Silio. Does the bubble championship count or not? It doesn't. Well, no, it does with an asterisk. Okay? With an asterisk. LeBron, when people look back on that, 
and they go like this and they look at LeBron's time. You think LeBron's time in Los Angeles has been a success? Probably. They did win a championship. Probably. All right, let's do this. Let's go back to looking at some of these guys. Xander likes Jamison Williams, obviously. By the way, I do too. I think Jamison Williams is a hell of a player. I think Jamison Williams comes from an opportunity where he's in a place. Think about something too. You know, when you're evaluating and you're looking at bringing what wide receiver that you see best would fit the Eagles. Let me read them to you. Drake London. Traylon Burks. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's going to be there. Jamison Williams. Dotson from Penn State. I got a couple guys in the second round, but those are pretty much going to be your first round guys. Okay, yeah. The kid Oleve, is that how you say it? From Ohio State is also going to be in that mix. Which one of these guys best fits what the Eagles need to improve Jalen and Devontae? Smile says this kid Wilson's the best slant guy. I personally, Smile, I think Wilson is the best receiver in the draft. Okay. And, and for the record, you're not going to go wrong with Alabama or Ohio State wideouts. You're not going to go wrong with those two schools. Can you imagine being Jamison Williams? Okay. He comes out. Look at the room that he's in this year with. Then look at the room he was in. Xander, is Jamison Williams a senior this year coming out or is he an underclass junior coming out? Because this is important. Is Jamison Williams, is this his final season? Was he a, was he a senior this year coming out and playing for Alabama this year? And he's going into the draft as a senior. He's a junior, probably a redshirt junior. So you're in the room with Devontae Smith, Chalen Waddle, all of these ballplayers that are first-round draft choices, and you're in that wide receiver room. That's got to be one of the greatest wide receiver rooms I've ever seen. Okay. That's one of the best rooms. He's a junior, no redshirt. Wow, that's even more impressive. Alabama thought so much of him. They didn't. Do you understand when you show up to Alabama, the first thing they're going to do is redshirt you unless you're a freak. And they. this is what we did. If you were a freak, we didn't redshirt you. We played you. If you could play at Miami, when we won a couple of national championships, 
They were going to play you. But they were looking to redshirt you immediately. You were going to be redshirted. There's too much talent. I mean, we had Hall of Fame NFL guys too deep in some positions on our school during that time when we had a 58-game win streak. Can you imagine that? University of Miami had a 58-game win streak. You know what that means? We didn't lose a home game for over 10 years. It's the number one record to this day in college football for the longest home winning streak. 58 consecutive games. Bama don't even have that. We had three streaks of over 32 wins <laughs> consecutively. I think during my, my the two years I started there, I think that we had – I think I lost one regular season game. I lost a Gator game in 85. The next year we were undefeated. We didn't lose. And so when you're in a room like Jamison Williams and you're sitting there with stars, dude – you're automatically better than any – how about this? Your scout team is better than 80% of the teams that you play against. Meaning this, Alabama scout team that those guys played against were probably first-round draft choice corners and free and strong safeties and D linemen that would be first-rounders. That's why we were so good. You know why they're good? Can you imagine having an inside drill or nine on seven at Alabama every Tuesday and Thursday, and you're playing inside and you're going, your ones, your ones on defense are going against the Alabama ones on offense. That's what we did. It was our legendary Jimmy Johnson inside drill. Our ones, every, my, my, my crew, my 87 team, 86 team, 72 guys were drafted off that team. 72 out of 85 were drafted off my football team. That's a fact. 72 out of 85 guys were drafted off that team. Won a national title. Two of them, that group. That was insane. So when you're playing like that and you're Jamison Williams – and you're in that group doing nine on sevens versus their DBs and shit like that? Like Patrick Sertain? Patrick Sertain is covering Jalen Waddell. Where are you going to get that matchup again when you play in the pros? Do you know how, how great that makes you? When you're playing against dudes like that, most programs will have a third team stiff playing against Jamison. He ain't getting better. But when you're playing against Patrick Sertain and there's Waddle and there's Devontae Smith and you guys are going head-to-head, -head, then you got to play that Saturday against Stingley? Dude, you're the best players in the country at that position. So that's why when you look at Jamison Williams or Devontae Smith, these guys are the best players in the United States. Ohio State, too. Great DBs. Great linebackers. That's another school that's producing wideouts. Clemson, too. Mike Williams, Hunter Renfro. There's guys that are coming out of that program, too, plus quarterbacks have come out of that program, Clemson. Those are the places that you're looking at. Believe me, when I'm looking around and I see the kid and I threw this kid out to you from um, 
who's that kid I threw at you from Western Michigan, Sky Moore. He jumps off the chart at me. But then again, I start looking. Who's he playing against? Who's coaching him? Who's his head coach? What conference does he play in? Okay? Those kids at Pama, man. So when you draft a kid, and so when, when a wide receiver doesn't make it, by the way, that Fruit Loop, Calvin Ridley, had a 1,300-yard year two years ago. And that guy, from what, I don't know, maybe Xander thinks different, but from all the wideouts that I've seen come out of Bama, he's really good, but he ain't like some of these other guys. He's good. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not a first, but there's something different about Devontae and Julio, Jalen Waddell, the separation, the breakaway speed. There's something different about them dudes. It's because they're going against guys like Patrick Sertain in practice. That's why I'm drafting guys like that. I may be under, hey, so when you say to me, Devontae Smith is undersized, dude, he was undersized against LSU and Texas A&M and Georgia too, and he was getting wide open. Quarterback's got to get him the football. Got to get him. You, hey, Chris, USC wideouts have fallen off, but people are saying this kid, Drake London. My problem with him, though, is how much of that is garbage time yards that he ended up putting up? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not as high on him as everyone else is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really as high as I like everyone else is. All right. Gary Cobb was spectacular. Thank you guys so much for jumping aboard. I could feel it. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. I really appreciate everybody. Mets and Phillies. I'm with Xander. Who likes the Mets, man? I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much, man. Share the show. Like the show. We so appreciate it. Till tomorrow, 46. Don't forget, we'll be back on the middle too. Thank you so much. We'll catch you on the flip side. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.